0: jamal murray michael porter jr it's a leap off on locked on nuggets you are locked on nuggets your daily denver nuggets podcast part of the locked on podcast network
1: your team every day
0: Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day listening to us. Especially if you're an everyday, we appreciate you guys being a part of the show and making us your first listen everyday. We are available on all platforms. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a five-star review for us, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Get po- Get Casts. That's one I think I found on when I was doing the research on where we get listened to. And of course on YouTube where you can join the live show and join folks like Ted, who's never this early, but Ted's with us tonight. Hurricane, Senny's in here. Freddie, Joel Vicente, and Big Honey hanging out with us. Lots of folks with us here on a Sunday night. This will be your usual recording time for World's Finest during our off-season run. Programming note, Adam will be with you for a solo show on Wednesdays, and I'm going to be bringing back... Uh, guest week will turn into guest Fridays. I'll be having a guest on every week during the offseason, leading into when we get ramped back up closer to training camp. I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. His name is Adam Mares. He's director of content for DNBR check it out everything over the Free pre and post game shows for every Nuggets game. Lots of Nuggets content daily. Are you, without Jokic and are you still going to be doing the pre and post game for Serbia?
1: Uh, we didn't do free and post game last year. We did do post game. Actually, we did do shows, but we were in Serbia. That's part of why, but no, I don't think so. I mean, we'll see. I got to see how the ramp up is. I got to see what the excitement is. I don't, maybe it'll be for Jamal this year since Jamal's playing. Yeah, it we'll have, uh, the of, So the timing is going to be, I think pretty off. I don't know what the time exchange is, but I, I imagine it's going to be pretty pretty wonky.
0: Do you want to plan for next Sunday for us to talk about Team Canada? Let's just go ahead and plan on that. Well, we'll build a segment next Sunday They're, for Team Canada. They,
1: they have an exhibition game on the ninth, so they play here in about a week and a half. So next week, middle of next week, we'll probably have some kind of Jamal Murray tape to talk about, which will be exciting. Hey, he added. I
0: don't know. He, but he added added something. Um. All right. So on today's show, we are going to talk. Today's show is going to be built around. We started this concept last show where we talked about Peyton Watson versus Zeke Najee. We're going to continue that today, and we're going to talk about Jamal Murray versus MPJ. And obviously, there's a little bit of a difference here in that these two aren't necessarily competing for minutes. But it is kind of an interesting idea Adam kind of proposed of who's going to have the bigger leap what does a leap look like for both of these guys um and first we're going to talk about jamal murray in this first segment second segment we'll talk about mpj and then we'll have uh, a debate on who we think is going to have the bigger leap next season and it should be a a pretty good one obviously both of them coming off phenomenal seasons helps when you win a championship um jamal kind of showing that he put himself back on the map right back where he was coming out of the bubble and even honestly in in a higher place because despite his very reasonable and understandable um, reticence to validate any of the bubble stuff. There was kind of the idea of, like, okay, but let's see you do it not in Orlando in that specific environment. And then he did it and he was amazing and he was incredible. MPJ, I think, on the other hand, uh, he turned a lot of people around. I think Tony Jones is kind of emblematic of this in that there was this idea that, well, look, MPJ is always going to be a liability for you. And he wasn't. He outright wasn't. He was actually really good defensively uh, and played great, I thought, during the entire playoff run right up until the finals where he hit an uncharacteristic uh, cold streak from, from three, but in general still thought he contributed both in Game 1 and Game 5 with meaningful plays. So obviously both coming off of a huge season. We'll start here, Adam. Jamal has never made an All-Star team. Jamal has never made All-NBA. All, all uh, Jamal was very much kind of considered an afterthought, again, coming into, the, I think, the season, uh, built around Nikola's two MVPs. What does
1: a leap for Jamal look like next season? To me, a leap is playing closer to what his playoff level has been, but for a regular season. So, number one, that would be consistency. Jamal has not been a very consistent player in the regular season in his career, although he has been a very consistent playoff player, Including this last year, where I thought he was even more consistent in the bubble than he was in the bubble. But it would be being a more consistent player. And then it would be playing at the level that he played up in the playoffs, which to me, you know, he only averaged 20 points per game last year. He shot well, he was an efficient player. But I think that next year, if he was playing at a playoff level, scaled down for regular season intensity, minutes, all of those things, I still think that's probably 24 points a game. Wouldn't you say, Matt, if you like adjusted those things for minutes and intensity, 24, 25 is about what you would say the caliber of player he was in the playoffs. That's what a regular season version would be.
0: Yeah. I think 25 is the number. Um, Particularly. I'll I'll say this, that with his, like, he is not a high usage player. Uh, And I think that that's notable as, as we kind of talk about this where he did have a 26% usage rate this season, but you know, a lot of point guards rack up way, way higher. I think him, I think Jamal obviously could have a lot higher if he wanted to, or if the team wanted him to have a higher kind of mark. But he also averaged 6.2 assists this season. And we had that stretch really towards the end of the season where he was rattling off you know, nine consistently over and over again. We talked about kind of his evolution. They carried that through in the playoffs. That I think is, is maybe going to be key to how we kind of talk about this. But from a pure bump standpoint, it probably is getting – to 25 points but i guess my question for you would be to get from 20 to 25 is the key for him to get even more efficient or for him to take more shots because it's gonna obviously have to be one or
1: the other unless we're counting lowering turnovers and converting those into free throws i I just think it's both i think it's a small it's a small increase in field goal attempts with a a small increase in, in efficiency and by the way man i'm looking at it right now at his splits last year The highest he averaged in any month was 22.1. That that came in January. He averaged 25 in February, but it was just six games, so I think that's too small of a sample size-ish. But it goes to show that even if you combine January and February, he didn't average 25, and we're saying he will for an entire season. So I still think it's kind of unlikely that he makes that big of a leap. But, yeah, you just look at what he did in the playoffs was he was so comfortable operating in the pick and roll. He was so aggressive. And if you want to use my biggest talking point, he was so conditioned, he was in such good shape, that he could sort of attack and play at that level of intensity for the entire time. So to me, it's those things.
0: Uh, here's a comp from a, a statistical standpoint in terms of like level of production. Um, Jalen Brunson. So Brunson averaged 24 and 6.2, the same number of assists that Jamal did. Uh, Shot 49% from the field, 42% from three. So about three percentage points better or two percentage points better than Jamal did. And 82.9, roughly the same thing that Jamal did from three-point range. Um, Now, Brunson, obviously, again, he had 27.2 usage rate. Not significantly higher than Jamal, but higher. And every percentage point between 25 and 30 matters quite a bit. But that to me is maybe kind of like a good representation of kind of a goal level because i think everyone would kind of say that jalen brunson probably had a better regular season than jamal and i absolutely think that jamal can be as good or better than jalen brunson and so like that to me is maybe the comp of like what a leap looks like where and a lot of this is gonna is is gonna depend on as we've talked about a lot is he's gonna have to get more comfortable and better in the non-jokic minutes this is exactly where i was gonna go yep And that's going to have to be, I think, where the bump comes from is like his ability to control the game, to produce efficiently and to be able to navigate, like run a team when he's not just hammering two man
1: game with Nicola. This is the real spot where he makes a leap. We thought last year there were moments and I think the way it played out, perhaps we see why, but there were moments when he shared the ball, the court with Bones Highland. Where I felt like he just ran to the corner and got out of the way and did not involve himself. Even in the like catch and shoot or secondary playmaker, it almost just felt like he said, You take it. I'm going to just, I'm just going to be out here for moral support. This next year to me really represents if they're going to go with the Murray Stagger, and I just think Malone wants to, if they're going to go with the Murray Stagger, he has to captain that lineup. We keep talking, Matt, about the bench unit. Christian, Peyton, Zeke. And we keep wondering, what is their identity? What is their identity? And most teams, that wouldn't be a question. If it was Devin Booker and those guys, you'd be like, oh, their identity is Devin Booker. He's going to carry them in the half court, you know, or Donovan Mitchell or any of these other guys. Murray is talented enough to be able to do that, but we almost write off that it might happen. He has to go and say, all right, that's my unit. Christian, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's how everybody operates, and I'm going to carry us whenever things get bogged down. To me, that's what making a leap is.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is like I'm looking at, at, at books numbers from last season, regular season. Uh, 28 points, five rebounds, six assists, 5.5 assists. So a little bit less than Jamal there. 49% from the field, but just 35% from three. Did have some injuries in there. He only played 53 games. Um, he missed a, a big chunk of time starting with that Nuggets game in uh, on Christmas. Um, 55% effective field goal percentage. A lot of that, though, like his his usage rate was still obviously going to be high because he's like the marquee player on that team. But he was also sharing um, like he was at 32 last year, which is really high. Uh, He was honestly sharing the ball, though, with like Chris Paul and then later with Kevin Durant. Like I'm expecting Devin's numbers to go way, way up this season. But honestly, when you kind of look at his performance last year, the numbers differential was largely just a usage differential between him and Jamal, right? Cause Jamal was a, overall, you know, more efficient player in part because he plays next to Nicola. But I think you're right though, is Jamal needs. And this is, a, I, ch- I think a challenge for him. I like, I would imagine it would be a challenge for a player. He works very, very hard to build an identity with the starting unit as a starting player next to Nicola on this team. And it's phenomenal. And they've made one of the best two man duos in NBA history. Like they will be talked about as that kind of combo uh, when all is said and done. But I do think it's an interesting question of can Jamal shift? Can he go from the role that he plays with the starters and then find another identity where he's an even bigger focal point with less help doesn't have the the kind of help of, of Nicola that he provides and still be able to be as effective and efficient as he needs to be in order to lift both those numbers and the team overall. I did
1: think he needs to, to take the next step. It's a big part of his step. I keep comparing him to Kobe, you know, Kobe and Shaq yoke, the yoke, the Shaq that's the next step is, Hey, now you have to carve out what the identity is without Jokic. Cause that's a lot of your minutes. I mean, I don't know what it is 30% of his minutes probably without Jokic. So I would love for him to start to develop an identity. And if he does, he'll be an all-star the nuggets will be a one seed because what's our big question mark, Matt, the bench, if he solves it, then yeah. guess what? I think that it's going to be pretty smooth sailing in the regular season. So he'll be an all-star. The Nuggets will be a one seed. And I just think he'll level up as a player in a way that'll suit him and suit the Nuggets.
0: Sean says, my comp for Murray's career is increasingly Tony Parker plus. That's actually a really smart comp there, Sean. I think it's a, especially with the way that they play. Tony Parker, go back and watch the 2007 and 2013 finals and watch Tony Parker. And you will see some absolute wizardry uh, from that French dude. On the other side, we'll talk about Michael Porter Jr., what does a leap look like for him next season? A year removed from the injury issues, a full off season to improve. What does MPJ's leap look like if he has one next season? We'll tackle that on the other side. Right now, I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over/under to who you think is going to have the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you get paid instantly. I put some MVP bets in this season for some long shots because I only bet long shots now. It's a new thing that I've decided on in the off season. Uh, I also am betting some one, two finishes in football. And I will tell you that I'm betting chiefs one Broncos two. I think they are going to be the second best team in the division this season. I think they're gonna be better than the chargers. So we're in alignment on Broncos overchargers this season because Justin Herbert continues to be very overrated. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. back here on lock on nugget thanks for joining us and making this part of your day appreciate you guys being with us on a monday hope you guys had a great weekend we're talking about jamal murray and mpj and now we're going to dive into mpj and what this looks like for him for leap next season last season mpj played 62 games he averaged 17.4 points 5.5 rebounds one assist per game uh 0.5 blocks he actually averaged 1.1 stocks per game which is pretty good um from the field, 41% from three, 80% from the line for a six Oh two effective field goal percentage. Um, All great numbers there. You know, the rebounding, obviously at 5.5, he had some games where he was, he was incredible in that. I am really curious to hear
1: what you think a leap for MPJ looks like next year. Well, first of all, athletic, uh, athleticism. I mean, it was very clear that he like Murray was coming back from injury and, and got more healthy as the year went on. So number one is if he just looks springy, dunk some people, he dunked on Kevin, Kevin Durant, perhaps the best poster Kevin Durant has ever been on the receiving end comes at the uh, expense of Michael Porter Jr. in the playoffs. So there, him coming back just more athletic, I think would make a meaningful impact on him. We saw his rookie season that he got to the rim, even off of the dribble, not with great hand, footwork, but just because he's so long and so athletic. And we haven't really seen that since. So number one, it would be his athleticism. And then number two, Matt, he actually shot the worst three point percentage of his career last year, 41 percent, which is really good. Kind of shows that his floor for three point shooting is really high, but I still think it's in him. To shoot 43, 44%. I know that sounds like a small amount, but it's that 43, 44% is yeah. like S tier all time. Yeah. And I just think that it's entirely possible that he's more athletic and his three point shooting is actually takes a bounce up.
0: That's definitely possible. I think a leap, a leap for him, like a meaningful leap for him, I think is going to necessitate. Honestly, the leap for him, I think, is, is more dependent on the coaching staff than it is on him. Uh, he needs to get better at his handle. That's still going to be an issue. It's always going to be a problem with him. Is like his, can he get from point A to point B through multiple defenders without losing the ball? And a lot of that is like it's also body control. Because if you notice, like he had some plays where he would drive and and he would pick up some charges, and so like that's another area. But to me, that's also connected to the handle. Where if he's got better control then he'll be able to navigate around those defenders to be able because he can finish, I think, with a number of ways, given his athleticism and wingspan. He's got the little floater that I think he can get to a little bit more effectively. Um, but a lot of this is simply the coaching staff hammered into him, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. We need you to do these things. We need you to do these things. We need you to do these things. And he did them and he proved that if they're going to go forward, MPJ's leap is as important to the nuggets as it is to MPJ. And I'm not entirely sure from an organizational or coaching staff perspective, if that sentiment is shared, like I don't believe that there is kind of like a, yeah, no, we need MPJ to like go to another level. You're going to need that because the amount of like, you start making these runs into June and there is a cumulative effect. And Nicole has been doing an incredible amount of lifting for four years years and he is no longer 25 he's no longer 23 he is no longer those eight like you you do this for four years and you be you turn 29 and it gets a little harder it gets a little bit more exhausting it's actually one of the reasons why if you look historically guys over 29 don't win MVP. like a lot of people are surprised by that it's absolutely true it's one of the things that like brandon anderson over uh, the action network and on our podcast buckets has taught me is like no, no, no. If you look back historically, it's very rare to see guys that are 30 plus win MVPs. And one of the reasons is they save themselves for the playoffs. And Nikola has been an absolute iron horse. He has been a train these years, but he's human. And I think you kind of saw that in like his reflection after the season of like, I'm going to need some extra time. And the mental strain, I think, is as much. But to get back to MPJ, that's why MPJ needs to be able to take stuff forward. And he needs to be able to like, they need to give him opportunities in on the nail, in face up positions in the post. They need to give him opportunities coming off screens in catch and go situations. They need to run more actions for him. But even less so than actions to get him a shot is they need to let him be an initiator. Because so much of what happens is, yeah, he's really effective as a means of the offense, but you can guard that. Like There are ways that you can build defense of that into the scouting unit, which is one of the reasons why MPJ doesn't get more looks is because his shots are are in that scouting report as don't allow this action. So they need to be able to to get a a bigger variety, diversity, and a little bit more trust in him to initiate and create offense. And that's going to have to be a partnership both between mpj for not constantly settling for the wild step back stuff
1: to have more in the bag there i mean he makes them though but you're right he does need more in the bag yeah, But it's not a problem it's, like, it's not like he's it's like not like when he takes those i'm like oh that's i bet you he shoots an efficient amount on those
0: yeah I, and i get that like having the tough shot maker is a big part of like his equation but it's also I think that there, the problem is when there are times it felt like last year, there were times when honestly he didn't want to take that shot, but that's where he, the only thing he could get to and his ability to, to have more options, I think
1: is key for what he's able to get to, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think for sure, getting a few more ISO touches for him would be good. That's what you're talking about when you're saying elbow touches or nail touches, they used to run an action that they actually changed to running more for Aaron Gordon last year, but that would get him sort of on the left wing and let him kind of just do his Carmelo impression and ISO and pull up from the mid range, which I just think is, again, if you talk about taking a load off of um, Jokic, those plays add up. Like they, they matter. This was what Kyrie used to do for LeBron. LeBron would run the team offense and every now and then he'd say, Hey, I need a couple possessions off. You do your thing. And I'm just going to stand at the top of the key and drag defense out. It's smart basketball, especially over the course of a season. But I think the thing that would really, to me, indicate a leap in terms in the ways that you're talking about integrating him into the offense is the dribble handoff game where he goes into a quick shot. I think if you just move the scale for him on what is an acceptable three point shot a little bit more in the Klay Thompson direction, Klay Thompson takes bad shots. He takes some wild like handoff. I'm barely open, but I'm going for it. And I think more importantly, allowing him a little bit more of a green light there so that teams are panicked about that option because I think it opens up other things but then also getting him like I saw people in the chat talking about he doesn't average any assists is less than one assist per game he's not like Murray or Jokic who need to be able to make assists and reads all over the court but I do think you can get two or three areas and say here's one spot where you're always going to have an option for the pass and the handoff right into the shooting motion is going to draw a defense out. And with how he elevates and how he hangs in the air for the little drop-off pass to Jokic, where now Jokic is attacking a a four-on-three. To me, that is the action that I think Denver should add to the the plate. It's like a pin-down. You come off of the handoff. You go right into your shooting motion, whether you're open or not. And you decide on the way up whether or not you're open. If you are, let it fly. If you're not, they jump out at you. Drop it right off to Jokic, who should be an easy release valve.
0: I think you can also run some of that with a bench unit if he plays alongside Jamal. You can actually run that with Jamal as the handoff option because then if they try and switch it, then you've got a smaller defender trying to close on him. And he's able to get such clearance over those smaller defenders to be able to shoot effectively. So I think feel like you could do more there. I feel like MPJ and Jamal got a lot better this season, but there's still, I think, like a lot of, of runway. That's my word for the, the offseason is runway. Is there's a lot of runway there for Jamal and MPJ to to take off together and and make each other better, which I think would be good. I did like this comment. Go ahead. Do you think there's
1: any chance, like we keep thinking of, or at least I do, of one starter staggering with four bench players, and I think that one player is Jamal Murray. Do you see, like what are the odds it's not Murray or it's not just Murray and Malone changes his rotation to where it's actually way more blending than we've seen in the past? I think that there's a good chance of that just because I think that there will be a little bit part of
0: uh, there's a two way street. I think that happened here a little bit um, because I don't necessarily think that the team, because they're not like, they're not as for whatever reason, they don't feel the same way that you and I do. I think about some of the Jokic minutes, which is like you could put a cardboard box out there um, and it's, it's going to have a plus minus a seven. I think that there was a a kind of sense of you, because this is a a thing I get from a lot of coaches when I've talked to them through the years is like, you want to have these minutes where you have like a great, like the best players on the floor together and you want to maximize those. And I think that though, that this year, Christians, I think Ascension will help a lot with, Hey, we can get some more minutes for Christian next to Nicola. And if Christian plays, especially the three guard in some situations or the three, the three spot, the forward, small forward, then you can maybe stagger MPJ or Aaron and switch that up. Um, I think it's, I'm, I'm open to the possibility. I don't necessarily think that Malone is as attached to hockey lineups as people seem to think he is. I think it's a product of how he viewed the roster and less a matter of this is what he wants to do. So that's kind of my thought process. I like this comment um, from, a uh, buzzer beater, which is he, he kind of put the stats out there. 2.0 assists, 7.0 rebounds and 42% three field goal. uh three point percentage should be what MPJ is aim, aiming for. Um, I think those are all reading. Like, I think that's a pretty reasonable line. Like uh, getting up to seven rebounds is tough. It's a, it's a rebound in a half a game when you play with one of the most dominant rebounding players of, Oh, I don't know all time. Um, but I do think that, that it's like a good bar for him to kind of set for himself. Like if he's rebound, you know, there are ways where he makes a leap next season, where he is like, he goes the other way. Like I've kind of talked about him being more diversified and what he can do. Maybe he goes the other way, right? Maybe it's just like he becomes the ultra role player. Maybe he comes like a combination of Richard Lewis and Michael Red, And it's just like this incredible, you know, um, super role player is the way that he was with the Magic. It's entirely possible. But I do think that there's more to his game that he can make because he is that talented and he is that athletic as as far as like what his makeup looks like. We get on on MPJ? Good. All right. On the other side, we'll talk about which one we think is gonna happen or which one's more likely to happen, or which one happens more. We'll debate MPJ versus Jamal's leap on the other side when we return on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Sunday night or a Monday if you're listening. Appreciate you guys doing that. If you are uh, listening on Apple Podcasts, take a second. Go to the, the podcast page and give us a five-star review. Those are huge. And we get these emails every week of all the t- all the teams that are in those charts. And I want us to get on there. So help us out. And send the show to a friend. Because who, who wouldn't enjoy the dulcet tones of Adam Morris throughout the week? Uh, all right. So it's time, buddy. We, we've talked about Jamal Murray's leap. We've talked about
1: MPJ's leap. Which one do you think is more likely to occur? I think it's easily, in my opinion, easily Jamal Murray. And I'm a big Michael Porter believer. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a believer in Michael Porter's um, skill set and the fact that he has more to offer. I'm not a huge believer in big threes all getting to show everything that they have. Jokic isn't going to diminish his game meaningfully. Even if you think he's going to reduce his points, he's still going to be the fulcrum of the offense. It just might manifest itself in more assists and fewer shots. And Murray, I don't think, is going to take a meaningful step back in what he does. I think he's going to take a step up. So I think Michael Porter, as... Much as he has more to offer, I just think he's probably going to stay more or less in his box, step outside of that box a little bit this year, a little bit more, but probably less than fans want.
0: I think it's, man, it's a really interesting question. And I think, I I tend to agree with you that I think it's going to be Jamal. But I will say that for for all of the, the validation that Jamal provided, his staunchest defenders that might be named Ryan Blackburn, that there's there's a reason that Jamal was not talked about the way that he is now. Of course. And his last burst then led into a non-existent offseason and then immediately into a season. So it wasn't fair, really, Like that's part of the thing is like, Hey, he started off slow that next season, even after the bubble. Yeah. Because they had like a month off. Right. And then he gets hurt and then he misses the next year. And then he comes into camp this year and he's still recovering from the injury. So we haven't seen him in this spot. Not ever. We've never seen him have this type of playoff run and then an off season to recover. And then this, but at the same time, guess what? he had all of July off and now he's back into camp with team Canada. So like there's a little bit of, this isn't necessarily all that dissimilar. He is going from a championship celebration in early June to the end of July reporting for training camp with team Canada. And for whatever reason, he has never come out of the gates firing. He has never come out of the gates in dominant fashion. And at some, on, on some level, I can't define why I can't like, I can't explain what the variable is that creates that situation. But when something happens this repeatedly, it is a pattern enough for me to at least to have like a little bit of like a hint of skepticism of like, I have no questions about Jamal in the playoffs. Like I know what he like, I feel like I know what he's going to be. He's going to be like, you know, this guy that's like dropping 30 points a game on 50, 40, 90 in a series. Like he's had all he had all time performances in these playoffs in almost every round. But the regular season is its own animal. It's its own deal. It's it's it is entirely different. It's less of a problem solving exercise, and it's more of just like a it's a slog it's a mental balance it's a physical conditioning and it's a marathon all these types of things and so for me i kind of wonder if mpj could have the leap just based off of there may be like he can just shoot 46 percent from three for four months and i would just i wouldn't bat an eye and that's going to meaningfully impact your numbers if he commits himself to grabbing one more board a game even if it's just like stealing it from nicola and he grabs and he shoots 44 percent from three for four months that's going to meaningfully impact what what
1: a leap looks like for him. I like this coming from Hurricane, who he says, I think they're related to me. The big leap is Maul and Mike gain, gaining chemistry. I don't know if I think that's true. I, I would probably bet against it, but it would be the best story. It would be great if two things happened. One, Malone did blend the lineups more because I'm kind of curious to see Jokic with some of the bench guys, including Peyton and Christian Brown. So I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of these staggered Staggerish lineups. But if that was a storyline that those two guys, that you have a Murray and MPJ chemistry that emerges in this like two-man game or two-headed attack, a la Booker and KD, you know, like could they become something similar to that where that becomes the identity of that unit? To me, that would be awesome. And you didn't think about it, Matt. Murray, Christian, Payton, Porter, Zeke, is an interesting combination. You've got three great defenders in Christian, well, Peyton we think is a great defender, I'm I'm unsure yet, and Zeke. That's three very switchy, good contained defenders. And then you have two great offensive players in Murray and MPJ. You've got athleticism. It's actually a super long lineup. It could be interesting. I don't know if they would go to it, but to me, that would be a really fun thing to happen next year that would make the regular season something different from what we've seen because you know this, You win a title, you've been together all this long. It can get a little stale. That would make it not stale.
0: Uh, 55555 ish says, Jamal MPJ two man game while Yoko just sitting would be awesome to see. Yeah, like I don't know exactly what an MPJ Jamal two man game looks like, but it would be, uh, there's ways to do it. And it would be very, I think it would would benefit both players.
1: You know, and, and, it probably what, looks more like two guys attacking and just kicking to each other. Like it's it's probably not a pick and roll or something of like this or that. But this is what Booker and KD had. Yeah. You would attack, draw in the defense, kick, they attack, and eventually the defense is too far behind.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it with MPJ or I'm sorry, with KD and Book was they had really good actions under Monty Williams, allowing for coming up coming off pin downs where one would have the ball and deliver it to the other one clean. And the defense would have to kind of stay home because they'd have to be able to bring a double if Book or Katie drove. So it was always making the defense second guess and that opened up those opportunities for the other guy to come off screens, pop and get open. And they're hoping to obviously do a little bit, bit more of that with Bradley Peel uh, this year. Okay, let's go wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. Adam, will be back with you on a solo show Tuesday night or Wednesday. And uh, I'll be with you on Thursday night or Friday with a solo show with the guests. Until then, make sure to hit the five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube. Have yourselves a great week. will see you guys again next time on Lock on Nuggets.